You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Okay, good afternoon. I'm hoping this afternoon to finish off the fourth chapter of Trumont. We've been playing with numbers and quantities. We've been playing with mixtures of truma with ordinary produce. And towards the end of the chapter, we are playing with a series of disputes between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Hoshua. And as we close off the chapter, we're going to continue with this sequence of disputes between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Hoshua. Remember, we closed yesterday on the ninth Mishnah with the words that Rabbi Eliezer was strict, but that we were going to find an example where Rabbi, where Rabbi Eliezer was lenient. And we're going to find that example now. So we're going to find an example where Rabbi Eliezer is lenient. In fact, we're going to find two examples in two consecutive Mishnayot where Rabbi Eliezer is lenient. And all the while, we are playing around with this idea as to what happens when Turuma is mixed in with Chulin, with ordinary food. And Truma is forbidden to anyone who's not a Kohen to eat. So if it's mixed into ordinary food, gosh, that's a big problem. Maybe the whole of the pile of food becomes truma. And we learned yesterday that if it's mixed in a proportion of 100 to 1, that, that it's, um, it's not batel b'shishim in the same way that a little bit of milk thrown into a meat soup is. But if it's thrown in in a proportion of 101, you can correct the problem just by taking the one out of the mixture and giving it to a Kohen. In other words, if it's thrown in in a proportion of 100 to 1 or less, you can deal with the little bit of trimmer that's fallen in by itself, rather than having to declare that the whole of the heap the whole of the pile of food or the whole of the vat of wine is trimmer. That's really the principle that we learned yesterday. But we're exploring around different kinds of boundary cases where the food in which the trimmer has fallen may or not be, may be or may not be homogenous. And if the food is not homogenous, maybe the principle doesn't hold. So, for example, yesterday we were dealing with black figs and white figs. Let's find the, 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 the ninth mission. We've got black figs and white figs. And a black fig has fallen in. And Rabbi Eliezer, there are only 50 black figs and 50 white figs. And Rabbi Eliezer is going to be strict. He's going to say, look, if a black fig has fallen in, and you've only got 50 black figs, you can't get away with your 100, and your 100 to 1 ratio, even if there are 50, 50 other kinds of figs in the pile. So there, Rabbi Eliezer is strict. But now we're going to look at a different example. Uvazor, Rabbi Eliezer may kill. And here, Rabbi Eliezer is lenient. And Rabbi Hoshua is strict. Budores litra katsiot al pihakad. Someone is pressing a liter of dried figs into a into a jug. In really interesting, the word liter litra comes up in the Mishnah. 
So you see where modern European measurements come from. They, they, you know, they come from Roman measurements which are in the Mishnah. So we're pressing the, we're, we're making cakes of figs here and we're pressing them into the jar. And one of these, um, one, one bunch of dried figs is going to be trimmer. So we pressed some trimmer into this jar together with all the other figs. And we don't know which jar we pressed the figs into. So we got a problem. We, first, we don't know what jar it is. Question, do we know which figs they are? Well, this is not like the black figs and the white figs, where just a fig is a random, a fig is a random piece of fruit in a pile. In this case, we're pressing figs into a jar, and we know that the most recent fig, the most recent bunch of figs to be pressed in, are the figs at the top of the jar. We can't pretend that these figs are homogenous because the ones we've just pressed in are, the, are at the top. And the ones that we pressed in earlier are at the bottom. But Rabbi Eliezer is going to help us out. He's going to say, We're going to just see them like they were individual, well, individual, well, indiv he says prudot, individuals. The ones at the bottom essentially exempt or bring up the ones on the top. Is he talking about the figs on the bottom or the cakes on the bottom? Mm, we're not quite sure. But the point is that Rabbi Eliezer sees this whole jar of figs as one homogenous whole, even though we know pretty well that the trimmer is sitting at the top. So in this case, Rabbi Eliezer is lenient. And Rabbi Yoshua is going to take the other view. Rabbi Yoshua says, Rabbi Yoshua says, Rabbi Yoshua says, gosh, I can't see these, um, I, these figs are not homogenous. I know the trimmers at the top, and I know that the non-trimmers at the bottom. So I can't possibly say that they're homogenous. But Rabbi Eliezer is going to say, what if there are a hundred jars? Okay, I remember... I remember the case. The person who's pressed the figs doesn't know which jar they fall into. If there are a hundred jars, then we hit a hundred to one ratio. That's the situation where Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua differ, and Rabbi Eliezer is Mekel. And it's to do with stuff at the top of the jar. And the Mishnah is going to go on to discuss stuff at the top. So now we've got a seah of truma. Shinafla alpimugura. A seah of truma which fell on top of a pile. So again, it's at the top. We can't pretend it's homogenous because it's at the top. And we'll learn later that the halacha is you've got to skim it off. You've got to scrape off the stuff at the top. And that's what we've done. It fell on top of the pile. They keep up and someone scraped it off. Now you're going to forgive me. You must forgive me on this Mishnah because I don't fully understand it. And I'm not sure. That the commentators don't agree either as to what is really going on here. But the Mishnah says, the Peshat in the Mishnah says, 
Rabbi Eliezer says, if he skimmed off a hundred sail, and remember, one sail of truma fell in, he skimmed off a hundred sail. Ta'aleba echadumea, the one the one sail is is diluted in the proportion of a hundred to one. And Rabbi Yoshua disagrees. And the Peshat of the Mishnah seems to be that he skimmed off a hundred sail. But another way you could read this Mishnah and the um, the Bartanur, the Jerusalem Talmud reads it this way, and the Bartanur reads it this way, following the Jerusalem Talmud. Maybe here we are talking about top and bottom, and Rabbi Eliezer is thinking about a hundred to one ratio in the whole of the pile, and Rabbi Yoshua is thinking about a situation where we know that this trim is at the top, and we can't combine the food at the bottom of the pile with the food at the top. But the Mishnah goes on to say, if a se'ah of truma did fall on top of a pile, se'ah truma, se'ah truma, shinafla apimugura, yaki yak piena, you have to skip it off. And why is that? Because we know, it, we know, we, we know we've already learned that truma essentially is, is um, the stringencies of truma are nullified in a proportion of 100 to 1. So the Mishnah is going to ask, well, Lama Amru Truma Why do they say Truma can be taken up in 101 parts? And the Mishnah answers, Im Yadua Im Hem. If if we don't know whether it's got mixed up, or Nafla, or if we don't know where it falls, there it kind of gets the, the holiness is nullified in a proportion of 101. But if we do know where it falls, then we have to do something about it. We have to skim it off. And the Mishnah is going to go and explore a little bit about situations where we don't know. So look, we've got two baskets or two piles and a sail of truma has fallen into them. And the Mishnah is saying, look, if we don't know which one it's fallen into, then the two piles combine to give us the proportion of 101, 100 to 1 that we need. And Rabbi Shimon says, even if they're in two cities, gosh, maybe you had a sale of truma. Maybe you had a sale of truma and you had a shipment of grain going from one storehouse in one city to another storehouse in another city. And you don't know whether your sale of truma got on the shipment or not. So, yeah, picture that maybe a wagon of, gr of grain has gone from, I don't know, Sura to Pumpadita. That's a bad example because they're both in, 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 a, in Babylon. A, a, a wagon of grain has gone from Sipuri to Tiveria. We don't know whether this sayer was on the wagon. So we've got two storehouses in two cities. We actually don't know which storehouse the trimmer is sitting in. But Rabbi Shimon is saying, if between them, they've got enough volume, they've got the hundred times the volume of truma that's required to nullify the holiness, then if you like, they bring it up. In other words, we can, as we learned yesterday, we can just give the seah to Kohen and the rest of the food is ordinary chulin, is just ordinary non-Kodesh food. 
And the Mishnah is going to close this chapter with a, um, a case coming before Rabbi Akiva, where he really uses his intellectual creativity to create a leniency for the owners of Truma. So you get a sense. We've also we said before, by the way, that the last Mishnah in the chapter is really important. And you get a sense from this Mishnah as to the lengths that the rabbis are going to in order to make it possible for people to live. And the case before Rabbi Akiva is concerns 50 bunches of vegetables. Fifty bunches of vegetables. And a bunch fell into it, half of which was trouble. So this okay, this bunch, this bunch is half trauma. So this this bunch essentially already has the status of dubious trauma. It's even though it's it's half trimmer, it's fallen into this bunch. And Rabbi Akiva says, Amarti Sorry, this is Rabbi Yossi speaking now. Rabbi Yossi speaking in front of Rabbi Akiva. Amarti Tale. The holiness gets nullified. You can take out on the base of one in a hundred. Lot. Not. Because truma is nullified in fifty to, in in proportions of 50, 50 to one, but because you've got a hundred, a hundred and two halves. Remember, it was a half bundle of truma which fell into the pile. You okay? You've got fifty. You've got um, you've got fifty bundles, but you've got. 102 halves and of those 102 halves exactly one half was true so Rabbi Yossi with the support of Rabbi Akiva is going to exempt that whole pile of vegetables from the din of Truma even though on the, on the basis obviously that half a bunch is given to a Kohen even though we seem to be really really pushing at the boundary of what is possible here that's the end of the fourth chapter of Trumot. Tomorrow we're going to start the fifth chapter. We're going to get into more boundary cases, more errors and more accidents. We look forward to starting the next chapter tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.